John. Marilee. Hey. Hey. Can you hear me okay? I can. So you know what's weird is every time I hit the answer, right, to come to the podcast, it takes me straight to my own. And I have to exit out and then try it again. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I don't know. I don't know what goes on with these platforms. But um, I was thinking, I was thinking about like the things that we do all day long. And it's like, you know, yesterday we were talking about books and great authors and what they write about. And I mean, this book that you're writing, John, is just so amazing. And since I have you here, I'm wondering, tell me what you do, what you've done. Who are you? What do you do all day? What do you do? (laughs) Are you serious? (laughs) Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, well, it, when I knew I was going to call you, I put on lipstick. Yeah, no. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, who am I? I mean, God, that's crazy. I, I'm I, I'm no different than, than Rene Descartes, and I'm not going to put myself in his class, but there's uh, there's a thing known as the Cartesian coordinates, mm-hmm. which, are, which are, you know, stuff that has to do with mathematics. Mm-hmm. And it's rumored that he came up with the first Cartesian coordinate by watching a fly walk across the ceiling. And that reminded me of the dragonfly, which now, of course, is the most sophisticated tracker that we know in existence. I thought, you know, is that how things happen? You know, and to your question, is that how I happened? You know, sitting on the floor watching a fly go across the ceiling. And now I'm writing this great book. I don't know, but wait a minute, wait a minute, back up just one minute. <laughs> Say that again about the dragonfly? Well, the dragonfly, the dragonfly has, has being, has being, is being studied by the, the United States Department of Defense uh, as being sophisticated as a tracker and an interceptor because in our, in all of our arsenal of stuff that we, you know, use, we cannot intercept correctly with with a high degree of accuracy we still sort of miss we have to chase and catch we're, we're more like cats we chase and catch and the uh, dragonfly doesn't do any of that the dragonfly simply intercepts every time never misses perfect shot and we're trying to figure out how that dragonfly does that hmm. now, the dragonfly has a lot of eyes compared to just, you know, one or two. But still, the dragonfly, that's, I think all things, what people, what I've come to realize, I'm not going to tell, you know, tell people what they should do, but what I've come to realize is that all the things around us, be they rocks, trees, blueberries, butterflies, or dragonflies, in a way are more sophisticated than we are, mm-hmm. in some way. And I think we need to elevate everything up to the point where we give it sort of a panpsychic acceptance that, hey, you know, you guys are there. Give them some honor. Allow them, allow, just because we have cognitive ability to think doesn't mean that we've got it. You know, we're just, we're just sort of there. I um, Yeah, but okay, so I had an experience with a dragonfly and that's why it caught my attention. And I, I, I'm trying to remember if I did a video on it or if I, if I just posted it. But 
And I've seen was, the picture of the dragonfly. Yeah. I and, have seen the picture in your hand. It's in your that, hand. That's right. And the dragonfly is in my hand, and I gave him an order. And I told him I wanted to go, I wanted him to go spread the message of love. And I blew on him, and he flew around in a circle and came right back to me and landed on my hand again. And so I told him I wanted to do it again. And I think this happened three times. Three times. And I, to my ama- amazement that he just would fly around and come right back. And he wouldn't fly around in a huge circle or anything, but he would leave me and then go in a circle and come back. And um, I'm like, nature is just so amazing. Well, you, yes. And I think that speaks to the, the to the, to the, uh, cord, the um, communication that we have with animals or insects or bugs or whatever you want to call them that we don't realize we have. Mm-hmm. Um, I, of course, have studied cats quite a bit in, in how they operate. And we just were talking about dragonflies and, and ants. I have a video. I took a video of some ants um, the other day. They were on my deck. I have a hummingbird feeder mm-hmm. that, that was leaking. So there's this, this sugary substance right. and a little round dot on the bottom. Right. And the, I'm watching the ants come in there to feed. Mm-hmm. It was fascinating. Mm-hmm. I spent one time. I spent uh, fifteen weeks on a on a American Bureau of Ships assignment in uh, San Diego, and um, I was you know, hopelessly bored. <laughs> and and so I, I I spent my mornings uh, with a with a uh, crane, a shy poke, we call it, a big crane, and a bunch of ants, and I. I watched those ants for 15 weeks playing with them and creating little little things for them to do and little obstacles for them to go around and watch how they did it. It was amazing. 15 weeks with ants. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> one and, and a crane. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. You need to make a documentary called My Ant Teacher? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Wow. wow. That's good. Anyway, uh, I uh-huh. yeah. get, I don't get back to your question about who I am. I, I it's hard. It's pretty hard to, for someone to say who they are. I think, um, you know, I'm I'm a I'm an amalgam of of my experience. Sure. And um and I <laughs> and I don't you know I, as I feed it back out the hopper, um, you know, I make decisions. I mean. Well, clearly, um, I mean, obviously, we can't put it in a nutshell, all the years and lifetimes you've lived and experience and knowledge that you have. But it's, it's more, I guess, the question of what do you do in a day? Like, oh, yeah. Well, I, um, I, I, I get up. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh-huh. well you, first of all, I, I, I spent a lot of time with this, with a, American Siamese black cat. Mm. And so the American Siamese black cat and I have a lot of conversations during the day from morning till night and sometimes during the night. And there's a, what I've learned in that process of during my day is a lot of what I do is directed by the cat. Mm. The Mm -hmm. cat will come and tug on me or scratch on me or talk to me and they, they're very vocal american siamese is very vocal so anyway a lot of what my day is what i do is around the cat chasing her around trying to figure out what she's saying because I, I find it very interesting uh-huh. when i 
when I wrote this book, the book Deals Danger Destiny, my first conversation about the book was with the cat. So, uh, you know, the cat who was, you know, seeing in 38 or listening in 38,000 hertz and a whole bunch of other stuff, who I think is in other walks seamlessly in other dimensions, is telling me that this book is afoot and I better get on it. Yeah. Um, And... So anyway, um, my, okay, so on on my, what do I do every day? I don't do anything that I can say is beyond random selection. Uh, I I don't have any uh, pattern that I, you know, get, make coffee, make breakfast. I do, I do grind up some celery. You're familiar with how that works? Yeah. And uh, I do that. I pass it through this. The thing looks like a dog. Mm -hmm. And it spits it out as juice. And I got that. I do that every morning. I make coffee. I don't necessarily make breakfast. And maybe that's a bad thing, but the celery seems to take care of that for some reason. Um, and then I, I walk in my environment, either inside or outside, thinking about stuff. And then I'll make a decision, and it's random. It's totally random. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think I have the freedom to do that. I, uh, I, I love to, you know, I just think about stuff and, and, and I, I, I'm curiosity. If you could package me up in one word, it would be curiosity, mm-hmm. whatever it is. I'm just curious about stuff. I don't know. I'm, you know, I mean, I, I have normal hygiene. I take a shower. I, this, I, that, but randomly, you know, whatever. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> well, you know, random. well, what's interesting about it is, you know, the thinkers across the world, you know, and I think through history and time, that's one thing that I would say that we all have in common. You know, we're thinkers. And so if, if we're thinkers and we're curious and we have to have um, the space to do that. You know, yes, I mean? you mean the mental, the mental space or the, the physical mental space? space, the time. You, sometimes a physical space too, because if it's too if it's too much, it's too heavy. There's too much to be done. You can't think. But you know, I think it's one of the things that we might have in common is being able to clear the mental space for the creativity. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. I uh, well, yeah, I, I see that in you. I mean, I, I understand that. Um, back at you in terms of the conversations that we've had that are, you know, past, present, ongoing, whatever. Um, I, you know, I, I can sense that you're a thinker. And um, of course, that puts me away really fast sometimes when I haven't been thinking. But um, <laughs> yeah, when you build a lion trap in our conversation, just push me in the hole. <laughs> <laughs> no. no but anyway mm-hmm. go on i i no you're right i think i think i think and i think this podcast god bless media i think this podcast reflects a little bit of our randomness uh mm-hmm. that we are off on different things i mean you know we opened up this morning you talk about stuff and i you know i end up looking at cartesian you know uh coordinates with a flywire the ceiling i mean come on you know mm-hmm. who does that right. i mean i mean only people that are committed do that <laughs> mm-hmm. i don't know, mm-hmm. you 
Yeah. But to your point, it's the curiosity, the the fascination. There's something that we can focus our attention on, you know, that, that expands into a whole arena of a playground, which is, you know, we've covered in other talks, you know, whatever fancy. But if we are constantly told what to do, when to show up, you know, what new markers to hit, there's never room for that creativity. Oh, I think that I think one of the hallmarks of of who you are, I'll call you a moment of doubt. Um, you, you, and maybe I do too, but there's one of the things that seems to be a trademark of how we operate is that we we kind of practice a internal Occam's razor where we where we doubt something, therefore we don't give it full impact. And if something doesn't appear to be right, we don't give it a lot of power. And we just keep going through looking for things that appear to be right. Now, you're, when, when I hear you talk, you're talking about elevation. Um, like you, your process elevates you. You're kind of looking for that 20,000 foot view of things. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's, that's your moments of doubt where things that don't look right to you, you step over them, up, up above them, you keep going and you keep going and you do that repeatedly. And it's a process that you've become, it's a learned process, maybe instinctive process in your case, where that's how you move forward is that you, you're testing things all the time without demeaning them. You don't put them down. You just test them and decide how much validity is there. Is that safe to say? Well, um, am I wrong? No, you're definitely not wrong. Definitely not wrong. I don't. I don't. I mean, uh, tough one because for somebody who let's say is in search of something, you know, it's very easy to, to label something as not important. That's not important right now. That's not going to give me what I need right now. And let's call it distortion. How about a distortion? Is that a better word? If you see something that appears to be distorted, where it's not a clear path, you avoid it looking for a clear path. Yes. Yeah. Is that, is that a better experience? A better yes. example? Yes. Mm-hmm. You okay, know, so- yeah. I was, it reminds me, I was watching uh, a video reel this morning on Instagram. And I think I've mentioned him before, this guy, Bobby. Remember, uh, did I mention when he, somebody took, remember his audio and put it on a different video? And it was just scenery. I don't know why they would do that. I have no idea. And then her name was Mama Marilee. Remember that? Oh, I remember you telling me about that. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, the, the same guy, he's doing a, a video this morning and he was being, you know, very transparent in his pain and his depression. Now he's got, I don't know, like 128,000 followers or something. And, you know, he talks about uh, the world and he, a lot of truths, a lot of truths, but he still has this, what he calls mental illness. And I'm just saying to myself, my God, you know, it just, it breaks my heart because 
I honestly feel that I could help him. You know, whatever it is that he is going through isn't that. He would definitely judge because I'm just another face in the crowd or, you know, my book, you know, if it's called the game, it's like, who's got time for games right now? This is serious. And, and don't understand the magnitude of the, of the message. I can see that happening with the title of the book, but I think that will go away as people understand how it works. Um, but I don't, I don't, um, why do you care about this guy? I mean, you just care about people in general? I, I care about people in general, but he came up in my feed, you know, so okay. I listened to what he had to say and I could tell by his expression that he was hurting and he was just telling, you know, what he's going through and that basically relaying a message to others that if you're going through all this pain and depression and it's okay to be transparent about it and this, that, and it just, much. I'm like, gosh, dang, there's no reason for this, you know, allow me to help you. And, um, you know, it, what I find over and over and over again is the same sentiment coming up is I don't have time. I don't have time for the solution. Isn't that crazy? It's like you don't have time to take the pill. I think people's general general uh, fear of, 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 of special people, would that be the case, special people? I think I think it's almost a Frankenstein distortion, where uh, if it's different, you, you you stay away from it. People see it in animals, um, and and I, it's it's a huge mistake. It's a huge mistake, uh, and I think that's uh, I'm not sure something I we've, we've done to ourselves. Like clarify further. Well, I mean, the Frankenstein distortion is 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 um, is like um, uh, we're. we're cre- People that are different are monsters by design. So, but in this case, who's different? Is it me or is it Bobby? Is Bobby the guy that you're talking yeah. about here? Yeah, yeah, uh huh. Well, i I think it's I think it's reasonable for you to make an assumption that's that he's the different one. You're different from him, obviously, but he's the different one societally. Mm. Now he's the one that's in trouble. He's the one that's speaking. See, isn't that funny? I don't see it that way. I see me as being the one that's the, the different one, the odd man out, because clearly on Instagram, he's got 128,000 followers and, and, you know, me obviously don't care about my followers. I mean, like how many, so I'm, I'm not feeding the beast. Right. So I, I am the odd man out, but even my philosophy is so different from the norm where him you know when he comes on and he says his message about pain and suffering and depression you've got all these people identifying with the same pain so how is he the monster oh i see so he's playing so he's well i mean how many people there i mean there's there's eight billion people to to choose from he doesn't how many has he got a few thousand Um, followers quote unquote yeah, I, yeah. Not, I don't I don't know, but it's something like 128, I think I saw. 120,000. 120,000. Okay, so you know, I mean that's that's a that's a pinhead in the in the population of people that could be listening to him. So I uh, I think he's playing to a group of people that feel like he does that are sympathetic to that. That uh identify with that and for some reason maybe get some sympathy or not some solace. Not sympathy, but solace out of listening to someone that's like they are. 
Actually, so this video, this video that he did today was out of character. Okay, out of all the videos that he's done, it's it's very very um, matter of fact. This is what's going on in in life, in politics. You know what the the systematic or the the systemic product is, or problem is. Sorry, he's just almost robotic. He just says it and he's done and the video cuts off. And then today he just, you know, just stepped out of character. Is he a thinker in your opinion? Oh, yeah. Is he just a producer? He's a thinker? No, okay. I'm pretty sure he's a, he's a deep thinker. And I think what's happening is the overload of information, you know, that he truthfully spews is taking a toll on his own reality. Like, you know... Like he's he's so misunderstood. Well, you know those kind of guys get in trouble for all sorts of reasons. Um, uh, I, I think that uh, just based on that, he's probably you're probably the normal one. Um, what's so? What's fascinating to me is that for anyone who's read the game, you could identify this we'll call player, quote unquote this player by the five gates and then act accordingly oh absolutely because they reveal themselves so as i'm giving you you know this very clear idea of what you're looking for in behavior you know he has shown he has shown a very very high intelligence in his videos but masking the pain. But to those who understand, you'd be able to recognize it. So today, he came out and was vulnerable and said his truth. So what happens to people when, like in this guy's case, he comes out, or let's say, let's say Milton Friedman finishes uh, capitalism and freedom as a as one of the most you know conservative thinkers of all time and then he uh you know he he has a he goes to a rotary meeting and says that he's depressed and he's taking drugs and he really he has a hard time functioning and focusing and he's divorcing his wife um you know what does that do to his capitalism and freedom philosophy does it take it away from him or does it or does anybody care what do they think what do they think if a great man all of a sudden doesn't look like he's stable or a great woman for that matter yeah, people are ruthless in that that way. You know, if you if you make yourself out to be that deep, right? Um, without balance, when you go that deep, it's hard to relate to the the very superficial world. Very very difficult, and you're so far within in your thoughts, figuring things out you become unrelatable and you lose touch with, you know, relationships. I think uh, Anthony Lewis wrote a book called freedom for the thought we hate. Anthony Lewis is great. I love his books, um, but it, it has to do with the, the history of the first amendment okay. and freedom. Uh, I, I think that, I think that you're right about ruthless. Your first comment was a spot on and maybe no other comment be necessary. People are ruthless. 
that's what happened when Thomas More invented the uh, utopian society, and then we had to you know, had to be run by a Leviathan because because people uh, must be controlled. People in quotes must be controlled by a higher power, or they devolve into killing themselves, killing one another. Mm-hmm. And and they have no sympathy for people that can't keep up or can't do it. You know, let them die, kill them, mm-hmm. get rid of them, eliminate the problem. Yeah, they're weak. Uh, the most the most brilliant thoughts of all time, you know, come out of people who are circling the drain sometimes because they're they're getting some kind of clarity as they're going down. Well, then okay, so then I I really do want to bring that back to me because you've read the book and others will read the book. And then, you know, am I doing that? Who am I really? Am I circling the drain? Am I really depressed? Did I really go through a lot of pain? What is it? How did she write that book? <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> you want to lay that one on me? Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know. I've been I've been referred to as an enigma, right? Many times. Well, that means you're there and you're not there at the same time. If you're an enigma, well, did you come and go from your book? No, 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 no. What? But I think what they're referring to is that they can't put a finger on me when they think they have curiosity, right? So when they think they've got me figured out, they don't. Isn't that women in general? No, that's the book. Let's <laughs> <laughs> get this down to what it really is. No, <laughs> it really is. I, I think, yeah, uh-huh. go on. I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, come on. Well, I mean, you can be self-effacing if you want to, and you know, question yourself and who are you. And I mean, that's that's fine, I, I guess. Um, uh, no, but know, I don't, me... I don't fit those stereotypes. I don't think so. No, yeah. of course not. Of course not. But then why would you even bring it up? I mean, why do you care about, you know, did you, is it because of some state you're in when you wrote the book? I mean, the book came to you. I think the book came to you. Uh, you got a little bit of help on that book, and I don't think you cheated. I think the help came to you from the fourth or fifth dimension. Mm-hmm. I think that you were guided in writing the book because it's too accurate. It's too, <laughs> it's, it's too good, you know? <laughs> can't be it's me a, it's a, <laughs> right 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 no right. no i don't mean that i don't mean that but i mean you know it really is good uh and what and from what i know it was you know you you sat down and wrote the book right you sat down and wrote the book. i mean you tweaked it i suppose so you, you know i related to a pregnancy like quite literally it it you know, it, there was a seed, right? And I started writing the book, you know, manually writing the book. And it was growing in itself. But the labor of it, oh my gosh. Um, you know, it was there. The concept was there. I was teaching it. And, you know, to actually finish the book like I said before, I mean, no one could see the vision. No one understood the direction or could help in any way, (laughs) you know, but they're like, Oh my God. And so when I say it was like giving labor because it was exhausting, I had to give it my all. 
read it from the perspective of the reader to make sure that what I was saying was being received in the same manner. And, um, you know, I just get exhausted and then I just, I'd wipe out, I'd put the book down for months and it's like, okay, I can't think about it. And then I'd pick it up again and, and I would read it and go, oh no, 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 that needs to be softened. That needs to be, you know, whatever until, until it got to be what it is, but it really did. I mean, I, like I told you, I had put on 30 pounds, uh, during COVID during lockdown, just, and, and I think it was really stress without knowing it. Well, I think that's a lot of people did that. Um, I, I, yeah, yeah. I think that's happened to us as a society. If you just walk outside on any given Saturday afternoon, you see our society has increased yeah. and not in number, but right. in volume. Right. Uh, in weight. I, I would, um, I think, I think it's a form of empiricism, uh, what you're talking about. I think, I think you're like, you're talking like you're John Locke. I keep bringing these guys up, but I can't help it. It's just one of those things I get up in the morning and <laughs> either shave or talk about something. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, you you know, in, in the empirical view, we are born as a blank slate, and our experience brings us forward, and we build on it. It's kind of like a, a leaf that grows, and the cells get bigger and bigger and bigger. Your brain is kind of doing the same thing in its own way. Uh, your thoughts, your experience. So so empirically, you are becoming I don't believe starting that, zero. And you grow. I don't. That's not my story. I think it was your story. I'm I know. Just saying that, that, I know. But, but when I but not to a, cut you off, I'm saying that generally speaking. What do you mean I not to cut me off? You just did. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> Go, on. Go on. I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm going to sit in the corner. Give me the it's, dunce cap. I'm going to sit here. Because it's Go so on. it's so right. It's so accurate to most people's experience. You can see it, you can live it, whatever, but this is, this comes back to literally this past weekend where I'm, I was like put into this zone reliving my whole life. Like one memory triggered another memory. I could literally line them up to see who I was. Like it was always written. So when you say, you know, we came with a clean slate and then we become like whatever our experiences are and how we're shaped and this and that. I don't know. Would you vacuum out your brain this weekend and start again from scratch? No. no. No, you just realign stuff. Whatever. I don't know what you did, but I mean, it, you didn't. You didn't go to dead zero. You, you just got some things jiggered into position, maybe or something. No, uh, it was. It was empirically you grow. Empirically you grow based on your experience. I don't think you can avoid that. Sure. Of course. That's like a no-brainer. Of course. Yeah, you have you have to do that. Yeah, you can't deny and, that. Okay. Yeah. I win. One win. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> okay, so to that point though, you know, we okay, we're growing depending on our experiences. Okay. It's like life is coming at us. And depending on, you know, whatever it is we experience, well, we fail, we succeed and we grow, you know, get a chip on our shoulder, we build walls, whatever, whatever our story is, but life is coming at us and, and we're trying to navigate. This is exactly what I'm trying to say that it doesn't have to be that way. 
at all. You can change the direction of the wheel. So instead of looking, instead of looking at like life is coming to us and it's so unfair and so unfair, why, why me? You change the direction of the wheel to where you are making things happen and everything's working out for you. Well, the wheel, I mean, that's, that's Buddhism. If you're going to use a wheel, um, uh, explain that's the enlightenment that's the path to enlightenment is the buddhist culture buddhist i don't think it's religion is it's a philosophy i guess yeah they use wheels uh and the, and the spokes of a wheel and you know it's right action right intention i think right livelihood right effort right right all sorts of right stuff right speech right whatever and that's the that's if you do that wheel then you're doing the right thing do the right thing typically comes out of Buddhist philosophy as opposed to love. Like in Western culture, we would say, you would say love. In a Buddhist culture, they would say do the right thing. And the reason they say do the right thing is because their wheel is full. It's right. Everything's right. It okay. Is this, right. Okay. Is this triggering for you? Because we literally touched on this in prior um, talks. Yeah, Remember that's why. Saying... That's why. Yeah, that's why. When you said the wheel, that brought the Buddhist thing right back to me, and that's that's the. Um, but uh, in other talks, so remember, it was your friend that you were sitting with at dinner that was saying, "Well, I, you know, don't talk about love because it's too mushy, and just do the right thing." And I said, "Oh, do the right thing is too wide, but it's a right or a left." And I mentioned that in in previously we were talking about right, 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 just go right, just go right, and now you're saying it. No, I'm saying that's what Buddhist philosophy is. I'm not saying it. That's Buddhist I know, philosophy. But, but what I'm saying is you're reiterating what I said in previous conversations without, I'm thinking, without connecting, you know, the dots here. Oh, without correlating your, the, the talks. It must be your power. Um, <laughs> what else could it be? I mean, oh, yes, I remember what, I know what you're talking about now. Yes, I do. We talked about that. We talked about that earlier conversation and about the difference between do the right thing in love. And you came back with love. I, I get that. But all but I'm doing I now, yes. also went on to explain how in life, and this was in a, a different talk. I, I, we don't have that many right now. It was in what, five or something? But how if you learn to go right not left you can't go right and left and right and left no you have to go right 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 and at that time that i said it the wheel did not trigger you you didn't you didn't think about um the buddhist you didn't think about that only right now are you thinking that or reminded well that's part of my random selection i guess that's how my brain goes i fly through thoughts until i i, I bump into them but they're um, parallel Yes, they are. I mean, that's well. Yes, that's one of the hallmarks of Marilyn and John, is that <laughs> they keep flying into each other. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to say you're a fly on the ceiling. It is yeah. a Cartesian coordinates, but we do keep flying into each other. Yes, we mm -hmm. do. Mm -hmm. Yes, we do. And I find it fascinating. This is exactly how and who we are, because. I'm talking and you are quite literally taking like every word I say and you can put it in the right slot. 
oh, that belongs over here in this book, and oh, that came from <laughs> over there. And <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I think I think what I think what we should do is I think people who listen to this podcast, assuming somebody does. Because it's instead of just about us, mm-hmm. you know, maybe, maybe I wonder if there's a, is there power? Is there a Corona coming off of our, of us that people could actually latch onto and benefit from? Are we creating a Corona around the universe? Is the ether of the universe getting better because we show up and talk for an hour a day? Our world is. I know that. I know that. You know, and but what if but what if someone's listening? Do they come away? It's like make yourself happy with Mary Lee. Remember that phrase? Have you mm-hmm. heard that before? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is that what's going on? Is that really happening? We well, don't realize that. I I mean I don't know what we realize or not. I just know that you know we do us, and you know you do you, and I do me, and then we come together and do us, and somehow or another, it all works. You know, it just works. And the the sound waves, you know, that go out, whether or not we have a listener is irrelevant. The universe is listening. And so just by merely speaking of a higher order, a higher intellect, you know, making every conversation, you know, come back to because that's what it is. And uh, anyone who's listening for long enough is going to see how everything comes back to love. It doesn't matter if you're on the podcast or not. If you look in your own world, it's either love or it isn't love. So you and me speaking to one another, we become a de facto power order of divine intervention. Where, where, another dimension speaks through us as we speak and it drizzles down onto somebody else. Yeah. It must. Are we sprinkling people with fairy dust? I'm thinking because it's all I've ever done. You know, it's, it's literally all I've ever done is, is talk and talk and talk. I mean, I read, write and talk. And as I'm speaking to people, what it, it doesn't seem to matter. I mean, look at, my YouTube channel. My YouTube channel doesn't even have 200 subscribers, John. Is it because you talk too much? I don't know. why. Whatever the reason is, you know, they say it's a technical thing. I don't have it set up right or whatever. I don't care. It's- I think it's because, no, 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 I think it's consistency. Uh, well. What do you mean? I, I don't I, have any, I don't have an answer for this. I mean, it's like. Consistency. You know. John, I did the Marilee show for 10 years, you know. And 10 years, it just doesn't make sense when a different platform, like I've mentioned before, I have 20,000 in a year. You know, it, it doesn't so, make sense. But, but besides <laughs> that, my point being that aside from this other platform, I just did my thing. Whether people were listening, watching or not, I just did my thing. So and- which... So what, I, I'm getting lost in the in the in the card shuffle here. Um, you you didn't change, but the platforms one platform created 100 people, and the other platform created 20,000. But you uh-huh. didn't do anything different. Nope. Is that what you're saying? That's what I'm saying. 
you're exactly the same, but one well that I mean that's just plain better platform, isn't it? You know? Um you know, I don't know. I'm not like I'm not a, I don't know. I don't know on that one. You're, you're a I case of entropy. Mm-hmm. entropy. You're just like entropy. You know, the molecules, you either mix up the molecules. You, you get a molecule, you get a molecule. So you're, like, you're like an early adopter. You know, you're like if you go to a concert, a major outdoor concert, and the band is playing and you've got 30,000 people sitting on the grass. Yeah. And pretty soon one couple gets up and starts to dance. Yeah. And then another couple. And then 13 more, pretty soon 30,000 people are up dancing. Mm-hmm. So that's a form of entropy. And I, maybe that's what happens is you didn't get the right dancer on the first deal. Um, you never know what you're gonna, what, what's going to happen. I, I'm, I'm just fishing for an answer here because I have no idea. You know idea. what? And quite honestly, I don't need an answer because my point is, that, what? <laughs> what? Pardon me for laughing. Just, for you, if you're listening to this, anyone who's listening to this, I, you just heard the greatest Perry defense there is for the conversation going south. No, I just don't need an answer, so never mind. Go sit down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. No, no, I don't. Oh, by the way, I don't need you. Next. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! It's, a, it's the highest form of passive resistance I've ever seen. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. I just meant that it's whatever it is. It's still working. Get, I mean, if how is it that I've I have reached the level of success that I have based on those numbers? Whoa, that's interesting. In other words, well, because, in other words, national media has picked you up. I know that. Mm-hmm. Wall Street Journal, blah, 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 magazines and so on. So, and you're, and you're not considered an influencer on the Internet. Is that what I'm saying? You're not an influencer, and yet you're in national media? Like the influencers on the Internet are not in the Wall Street Journal, and they're not on the cover of Millennium Magazine, but right. you are. Right. Okay. Okay, so there it is. So there's the paradox. There's the enigma, Right. Yep. Influencer, you know, non-influencer makes it the big time. Right. Yeah. So what was the, so you hit a home run someplace? Where you know where was it? God, I'm telling you, I, I can't stress it enough. It's it's just about going about my business and sticking to my commitment. And this this circles back to you know what do we do, like you know, in our everyday day to day stuff. And I just love, and magical things happen. And so now the, you know, this quote unquote influencer thing, I've lost all respect for them. Don't call me an influencer. I it's, it's drug. And I I don't call me that. The reason why is because they're paid people to influence you to buy a product. They don't care about that product. They may not believe in that product, but they're selling you on how cute they are lively they are how how whatever it is they're influencing your mind to buy something that's junk and i've i have fallen for it many times and i buy these products that are just horrendous false advertising to the max and i just think there's no integrity in this whatsoever no i'm not an influencer don't ever call me that so i didn't no no i'm just saying in general and not you personally (laughs) yeah 
no, to your point, you're saying that these influencers aren't, you know, they're not in the Wall Street. They're not where you are. And and, and that's because, yeah, because they're hollow, apparently. Uh, They're hollow. I mean, you know, it's like I can expect that if someone came to us as a sponsor and and they were uh, an air freshener, we probably would turn them down. But maybe we wouldn't. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, I... I don't know what we would do. I, maybe, maybe it's just as well we don't do anything. Um, and you know, as goes the sponsor, so goes the world. I, I, oh, I think God, that's I why I get know. so fierce and um, a little hands off about the idea. Like, don't insult me with "I'm trying to sell you on a book." You know, I, I'm not. I pro- I oh yeah! The- Don't insult you that you're trying to sell them on right. the book. You're not. Yeah, yeah, right, right, yeah, right. Yeah. Speaking of books, did you see where my book got picked up by whatever it is in New York? Um, yeah, right. Is that cool? That's whatever super. That is. I forgot. Mm, Somebody. In New York. I forgot too. I I think so. I, I I'm not. I'm bringing. I'm not bringing it up on purpose. But now that I did, let me say something about that. That was. A, a, a prime case of following your philosophy of hmm. give it up, give it to God or whatever it is, you know, just let it happen. Yeah. Working hard, obviously, we both work hard. Uh, we're both normal people. Well, no, we're both people, certainly not normal. But um, that just come out of the blue, you know, boom. Um, mm-hmm. This company in New York picks up the book and they're going to do it and, and several others. I mean, so... So, uh, if I was Richard Dawkins, I'd call it random selection. You're going to call it God. George Will would probably call it the news. Um, what is it? What is it? Uh, you know, uh, it's the light working for the light. It's drawn, meaning that. As we become the light, this light shines through our pores, literally through the physical, that barrier, and it calls to the light. And when those two meet, amazing things happen. One of them is called a movie when you're sitting in a theater and the light beam is going across the top of your head and becomes the movie on the screen. That's all physics. That's all. God can be running the whole show. You know, because you've got heat, you've got the sun, you've got a bulb essentially is the same as the sun. Mm-hmm. Who's molecules and photons. Now in the light beam, which you sometimes is strong enough, you could probably get on it and write it. Mm-hmm. All the way to this big white thing, which creates this image. Mm-hmm. All physics. Every bit of it. That's why they None say of it you can recreate in your hand. The world is state. So, is the world a hologram? Yes. In your world, your world is a hologram. Mm-hmm. Your world is a hologram. Uh, nothing is real. It's it's real, but it's real in a different context. Is that fair to say? Well, it goes back to our other conversations when we were talking about the planes. You know, it depends on what level you're living on. And of existence that is at the lowest level and this is where you get all of the pain 
you know, the depression and the, the dis-ease, you know, the, the, the cells register, the uncomfortableness, the anxiety, the negative thought processes constantly. And so when we learn how to think differently, then obviously our whole experience becomes different. People don't know how to think differently because they don't see the options. We need clarity. Well, but we also run ourselves up into the relationship basket where we have relationships derive some of what we perceive, seems to me. You know, was it Donald Rumsfeld who said, I, I, we don't know what we don't know? Um, you know, it, I think it gets more clear when we back up. Humanity, because we all pretty much look the same, you know, it's hard to identify our quote-unquote tribe. You know, trying to find my tribe. I'm a tribe because you have no self-awareness. You don't know who you are or where you fit in. That that goes across the board with, you know, ask anybody. But if you look in the ocean, right? And we're looking at the ocean and we're identifying each fish. It's a shark. You stay away from that. You know, we just watched the octopus thing and fell in love with that. And we think the dolphins are dogs of the sea. And you know what I mean? It's like, oh, we like this. We like that. We're obviously not a fish or any kind of, you know, being that belongs in the ocean. We live on the ground, but we can't see who we are. So we don't know if we're with the dolphins or, you know, am I a predator? Am I just feed? What am I? Can't well, see. you're a system of higher orders. That way, that's that's why you're maybe that's why you're confused because you're a higher order than the dolphin, maybe not much higher, but you're a higher order than the than the octopus, maybe not much higher, but still higher, to where you are able to make those confabulated comparisons about maybe I'm not that or maybe I'm not this. I mean, I've I've had I had a woman one time step right up to me and say, "You're not you're not of my tribe." I didn't know um, I had no idea what she was talking about. Mm-hmm. But she knew what she was talking about. She thought anyway. She says, you're not of my tribe. I thought you yeah. got that right. But but that's not, uh, I think that, I think that the, I think you're looking at the ocean as a perfect example, frankly, accepting it misses cognitive ability. The, the reason that we're able to look in the ocean and find that easy to understand, look at ourselves and not, is because we are, we overthink who we are. And we get, we always go into the weeds all the time about who we are. Well, we can't see. Meaning that, you know, the devil has used every which way up and down, left and right to divide us. So that we do see differences in each other. You know, our, and I don't have to go through them all, but this is why we see differences. And so because we're all cut up, sliced up, we don't see the one we don't see the unification. The underlying truly are is love. We are of the same stardust in and out all over. Okay. Ex- so what, accepting that we're human. We're accepting that we're human. Right. But, the, but humans yeah. have free will. They sure do. That's so why they it, kill each other. Yeah, but that free will is one choice. 
It's either to love or not to love. So when we're choosing not to love, we see the division. We don't like that, you know, you are not of my tribe. And so then, you know, we're going to cause harm. Right. I mean, the most famous one, I think, is St. Bartholomew's Day. I think it was in uh, Paris in 15-something, 75 or so, when all the Catholics killed the Protestants. Um, you know, you're not yeah. in my tribe. Boom, you're dead. Yeah, what could... No, but it was in the name of God, for God's sakes. It's in the name of God. Right. You know, both sides are, in the, are, are striking out of the name of God, and one side decides to kill the other side because they are heretics. And then okay. it's named after St. Bartholomew, for God's sakes. It's crazy in the 1500s. Okay, so we're going to take that history, and we're going to learn a little something from it because we have two tribes. When we look at the tribe, we're going we're gonna to all think together and then we're going to cause harm to this other tribe. Well, we have to whittle that down to me. The one person, and I have a decision to make. Am I going to love or am I going to not love? So if I am coerced in any way to become part of this tribe to cause harm to others. That's on me. It always comes down to the one. Well, but throw in a little bit of fear there. I mean, you know, what you know? What if you think it's a bad idea, but but you'll be they'll lop off your head if you change sides. Now, what do you do? Okay, so now we get to the plane of existence. Right there, there's fear, and that's a plus plane. When you start to eliminate the fear. It's like balloons that you're dropping, you know, and in are off of you weights that you're dropping, and you start to elevate higher. Now. You are not realm that operates in the destruction. You're just not. You elevate. But is that recognizable on the outside? In your own life, 100% it is. 100%. How about inside the walls in 1575 in Paris when you're running around as one or the other and the war is on? You have to uh, you know, jump ship or do something. Well, here's the um, thing. I, I can't speak Palace to coup. I wasn't living then, so I really can't speak to it. I can't tell you, but I can tell you what's happening today. And today we are in the, this enormous battle for our soul. Enormous. And a great majority of people don't even know it. They don't even know it. They're just walking around like, you know, like, ah, uh, screwed up and you know whatever but they're going about their day well i so put people, it as the experiment's gone bad I, I agree with you i think the experiment's going bad i think us in the ether of the universe earth as an experiment is going bad i believe that but now, the individual know. again has the opportunity and the free will to entertain it to be affected by it to be a part of it you know to elevate and this is, we're at the part right now where, you know, I mean, people are still, you know, rattling the cages, trying to wake other people up to what is going on. But what happens when it's like, I don't know, they're awake and it's over. Where is your existence? Where are you going to go from here? Where? See, most people don't have a target. 
Well, that's yeah. A lot of them don't believe there is a place, um, which is unfortunate because that gives them no incentive. Right. Um, and I, I think that that's. I don't think we're here anyway. I think we're. I think we're all sorts of places, all the time. Mm. I think we are. I think and that, that's a whole different. That's a whole different podcast, frankly. Mm-hmm. But, but um, uh, I think that we are living. No matter what we do, I mean, you get people away from a social contract into themselves. But it's the social contract, in my opinion, that causes them to become what they really are, which is flawed. So getting them out of the social contract to where they are free of government, free of commerce, free of all that kind of stuff, is a very difficult task because it goes, it flies in the face of all things that keep things regulated. You know, we live under a Leviathan, be it God or a king or whatever it is, we live under the constraints. And people that want to have utopia still have the same problem. I mean, Thomas More was the most, he's the one that invented utopia. Okay. So with that argument though, John, up until now, did we have one manual that everybody could agree on? (laughs) That's a shameless pitch for your book, but I love it. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) (laughs) So it's been a problem through history because it wasn't available. (laughs) God, Marilyn, you're so good. You are staggeringly good. America, the land of the free and the home of the brave. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was brilliant. I mean, that was that was Harvard school stuff. (laughs) (laughs) But it's true. We've we've not seen anything of the likes, and it's it's not about me. It's just about the book. You know, this is why I, I talk about it in third person because it's its own thing, and anybody who comes to it. I'm pretty sure I'm going to agree to it. Would you say? I think so. I, I think you're qualified to talk about yourself in the third person. I think you've got to that <laughs> level. <laughs> I remember one of the most famous lines in the Nixon in the Nixon presidency was when Richard Nixon walked up to his secretary with a note that said the president would like a cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I think I don't think we can get better than this. We probably, I mean, we're only one minute away from through with our show anyway. I guess mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that was that was really good. I mean, God bless you. You're <laughs> just so wonderful. I just, you are so good. I just <laughs> such a, you're such a pleasure. Jeez. Oh, I love you. <laughs> I love you too. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Okay. okay. Bye. Bye.